Hey everyone, welcome. We're back again, still in the book of James. Excited to be heading into chapter two. We made it all the way through one chapter. And Pat, what are we talking about today? My goodness, we're talking about James. That's good. And yeah, chapter two, like you just said, uh, favoritism forbidden is the title. And I don't know if we made this clear recently. I know we've said it once before, but I don't know if we've said it recently but we read out of the niv when we do this podcast that's true we do read out of the niv the niv can be confusing and i know that i've dealt with this problem before too because the niv has been updated so i think there's like the original 1973 version and i think the one we're reading might be a 2011 Uh, there's also a today's niv that's kind of thrown in there so it can get confusing (laughs) it can get a little confusing the today's niv is literally i forgot on our recording, my camera stands. And so we have our cameras propped up on a stack of a dozen Bibles and all of them are the today's NIV. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The Bible is useful, I guess, even as a camera useful. stand. Uh, but that's right. Yeah. There you go. So we are, uh, we're in James, we're in the NIV. That's what we read. So if you just Google NIV and in, in, on a Bible app or whatever, it'll pull up kind of the most recent NIV version and the NIV people are constantly, changing it like all the time really really yeah well not like uh, <clears throat> i don't mean they're constantly uh always editing what's there but they're always working to update the scripture and the update really doesn't have anything to do with the original language uh-huh. uh, or it doesn't have anything to do with the original manuscripts it really has everything to do with how we understand language so our it's it's more about us than it is about scripture originally so <laughs> What happens is we, in our own minds, uh, in our own culture and society, we totally change the way we talk. Words, words are not have don't have like a static meaning. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so one thing that you might say a hundred years ago could mean something completely different today. Uh, and so they're always changing that. They're trying to make the Bible more accessible. Uh, trying to make it more accurate uh, based on our changing and ever evolving language. So. There you go. Amazing. I'm so glad I got that. I didn't know that. So literally, I didn't know that and learned something new every day. I didn't think we were going to talk about it, but you it's, had to. You brought up what Bible version we use. So history there you go. lesson. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, here we go. James chapter two, starting at verse one. We're going to go verses one through thirteen. It says this. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand here or sit on the floor by my feet, you have not discriminated among yourselves and become judges. Oh, excuse me. I Let me reread that chunk. It's a question. Hmm. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him whom you belong. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, 
love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles as just one point at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah, kind of a di- I should have pre-read it before. Or Is that a little you. hard for you? Yeah, the, yeah, the some, questions in there that didn't start off like questions threw me off a little bit. Yeah, we don't normally say things like has not, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not something we normally uh, in language use a whole lot. So yeah, the, the wording in here is a little different, but that's fine. It's yeah. all good. We're going to uh, reread under- all of it anyway as we go. That's right. We understand what it is. Let's start with verse one. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Boom. I heard via a sermon that this is the only part in James that actually says Jesus Christ in it. This is the only part where Jesus is mentioned. Interesting, right? Huh. You wouldn't think that. No. You think it's all, I mean, it's kind of assumed, you know, these are all believers <laughs> yeah. in Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here Jesus is mentioned. I, I'm, I think this is true. I haven't actually done the math. To check it out um but hey you know the more you know that's right oh wait i'm sorry i just read a commentary it contains one of the only two explicit references to jesus oh, okay in this epistle because obviously the first uh <laughs> the first verse is where james it says james a servant of god our, and of the lord jesus christ so, our research department came in clutch there came in clutch research department thank you thank you guys are earning your keep so but this is the only other than the greeting this is the only time jesus is is that is mentioned specifically by name um which is fine but it's with a command and the command is not to show favoritism so yeah it's hard to understand this tip for me because I feel like our churches, and maybe you go to a different church, maybe this isn't your experience, but a lot of our churches try really hard not to show favoritism to people. In fact, they almost make it the opposite, where it's like, if you're new, you're like king of the church. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I've seen churches that have like special parking spots for new people. Yeah, I would They'll, always park there. If, I, <laughs> if our church did that, I'd be always like, yeah, I'm the new guy. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's brand new spots just for me. That's right. Um, right. But they have they have uh, special times after where you can meet and greet with the pastor and and all sorts of stuff is geared towards the new kind of the new person. Um, which, which in some ways I guess is favoritism. Yeah. And then some of the more classic churches try to keep everything as equal as possible. You know, no favoritism, which I think is a biblical thing. I think they're following the word of James here. Um, but can you imagine though, if a church just went all in with favoritism, (laughs) like you had to buy seats for church (laughs) and the more you pay, the better seats you would get. Can you imagine? I would just sit in the back. 
and not care. It's like, where's the cheapest one? The nosebleeders. I, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll stand outside and listen through the door. That's fine with me. <laughs> give me, yeah, give me the nosebleeds because uh, I can't afford to go to that church. Or, you know, you could pay special money and be a VIP and, and that kind of a thing. And, and sometimes our culture, and I think this is what's happening here, is the culture of the day uh, is starting to invade into the church. Mm. And I think that's a bigger problem. Okay. Uh, because the culture of, you know, what's happening in our communities really does get into our churches. And sometimes that's fine. You know, like it might be your art and your music. Um, you, know, you might be in a place that really likes, you know, banjo music, <laughs> just to throw that out there. And so maybe you have a worship leader who brings in a banjo wants to play worship songs and it's great. Right. right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. But sometimes our culture has some negative things to it. And our culture right now, favoritism is a real deal. It's not equal for right. everyone. Well, and one of the reasons why I like the book of James is because James doesn't say this statement and then leave it for the reader or the receiver to figure out slash understand. Yeah. Right. He James goes into a very, very specific example. Verse two, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in, setting up the imagery. Verse three, mm -hmm. if you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand here or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Very clear, very yep. clear to understand. I mean, James really teaches itself. I think we had a conversation the other day where <laughs> if did. we were preaching on James, which we have been, literally we could just get up and read it and say amen. And I mean, it would almost teach itself. Yeah, and sometimes it actually makes sense. It's like, you don't need to sit there and talk about every little piece of, of scripture. That's one way of gaining some wisdom, but why don't you just read it? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And you're right, This is he's just telling it straight up. Are you showing... Uh, favoritism to people who have an image of wealth uh, on the outside. Like, do you, yeah. are you doing that as a church? Uh, are you doing that as an individual? Because this is written to the church leaders too, but it's also to just anyone who's who's hearing it. This is to every believer. Yeah. Um, we do this in church all the time. If a homeless person comes to our church, the first thing we usually think is, okay, who's going to deal with the homeless person? Right. Um, but are they asking to be dealt with? Like, no. Mm -hmm. This is just someone who's come to church who yeah. wants to worship God. Right. Um, and so a lot of it is just, well, that's the same as anyone else who's in church. There's not right. a difference there. Uh, and trying not to show favoritism. But maybe you see someone come to your church, and, and we've had folks come to our church who I have known are very, very wealthy. You know, people have the ability to give lots and lots of money. You know, if our church was looking to build a new wing or buy a new minivan or or, you know, have a new staff position or something like you could find this person could like single handedly pay for it kind of a thing. Right. And so in your head, and I think this is evil, you start to think, how do I make church a little bit better for them versus for the person with fine clothes? So you're right. James gives us this great example um, of of what that looks like. And probably this is something that was happening in the churches for him to use this as an example. Verse five he says, um, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? So 
he's now saying, actually, it's the poor who are the ones who are blessed. Yeah. And this is straight out of the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, right? This is like Jesus preaching. When Jesus came and did all of his ministry, he spent a lot of time with the poor. Right. He also spent time with those who are well off and tax collectors and prostitutes and and uh, church leader type people. He spent a lot of time with a little bit of everyone. You know, his main guys he hung out with were these like fishermen dudes. Right. Um, and tax collectors. And there's had a bunch of different jobs. But uh, Jesus didn't discriminate in how he treated people. And so, but they're actually saying, and James is actually saying here, well, wait, it, it is the poor who God uh, has chosen. It is the poor who are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Right. And he's saying the opposite about the rich as well. Like verse six, but you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him whom you belong? Blasphemy. Blaspheming. I don't know how to say that. Blasphemy. You said it right. Blasphemy. Blaspheming. Blaspheming. Yeah, whatever. Blaspheming. It's yeah. the rich that are kind of uh, maybe causing the problem a little bit when the focus is exclusively on them. Yeah. Again, it's every single one of these verses circles right back to verse one of not showing favoritism. Yep. I mean, and then this is just, again, more of the concrete examples of when you show favoritism, this is what starts happening. Yeah. You start getting exploited. You start getting dragged into court. You start shaming the name of Christ. Yeah. And what's interesting too, is I think we get a, a look into who this letter's written to and it's written to people who don't think they're poor. Right. And it's written to people who don't think they're rich, hmm. which yeah. is pretty much everyone. Right. Yeah. It's kind of in that, you know, bracket, unless you absolutely hundred percent know. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty poor. Like <laughs> I, I don't have a house. I'm sleeping on the street oh. <laughs> or, you know, you're super rich. I was going like, to say, I've got like, a lot of houses. If there's like an article that was written about you and how rich you are, that's when you know you're pretty rich. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, when yes. you see your name on the top five richest people in the world yeah. list. It is funny though. I, I was listening to uh, something online and it was rich people who were talking about other rich people. Hmm. And they would say, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're rich, but we're not that rich. Right. And this particular couple who was saying that had a net worth of something like $200 million. Oh, wow. And they're saying, <laughs> well, yeah, we're rich, but you should see our real friends. Like they're like real rich. Jeez. Like they can, and, and you wonder like, well, at what point do you decide if you're rich or not? And what does that look like? So, you know, the, the, the global wealth situation is very lopsided and that's kind of something that just happens in history. Wealth is not, uh, doesn't spread itself out very easily. Yeah. Um, Jesus actually tells us that we're always going to have the poor with us. This is not something that's going to be solved. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it seems like it's a, a huge problem, but what's crazy in the world of God and the kingdom of God is that things that seem backwards, God sets straight. Um, but he also allows for these backward things to, to kind of happen. So for example, like it's the poor who are going to inherit the kingdom of God. And there's an element of justice there, but there's also an element of, um, of God. 
We'll start over. There's an element of justice there with the poor um, and, and God setting things right. But it's also kind of this like big grand irony that God is working out. Right. Uh, and I, I think it's kind of a beautiful thing. Um, so some of it too is do, why would, do you want to take a blessing away from someone? Like if you could have someone, like if there's someone who is super poor and you're like, oh, I'm going to uh, make them super rich. Would that be great in the eyes of the Lord? Well, yeah, helping poor people out is always great in the eyes of the Lord. That's what we're supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, if the goal is to make everyone like super rich, I'm not sure that's it. Right. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure that's what we're looking for. Right. Verse eight, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. Okay. Love it. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Hmm. Uh, and I really like what James gets into here in verse 10 for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. <laughs> I just Whoa. like, I, it's so great verse 11 for he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Like very in, uh, intense, Example. That that would yeah. not be the example I would use. I, right. I would not go straight to like adultery and murder. I mean, he goes like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that any of them are worse than others, but like, you know, let's say I covet uh, something my neighbor has. Like maybe my neighbor got like a brand new TV and I'm like, I want that TV. Right. Yeah. In scripture, that would be like, if you're, you know, if you want what your neighbor has uh, and you're like jealous of it and you covet it, that that's like sin. Yeah. I might go with that because that seems a little more practical, but murder, like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's pretty heavy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like what he's saying. You, you keep all of the, the royal laws found in scripture. Yeah. And if you mess up on one, you're not one tenth of a, a lawbreaker. Yeah. You're a lawbreaker. And a law, yeah. You break the law, you break the law. There's no leniency in any of that. Yeah, it's kind of like a piece of glass, right? It's like... Like temp tempered glass. Yeah, yeah. You break a piece of glass, the glass is broken. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, oh, it's just a little bit shattered. Right. Or, you know, oh, well, look at that spot over there is still good. Like, it doesn't really work like that. It's like once it's broken, it's broken. Yeah, I, I, I learned that firsthand. I had a rock hit my windshield about a month ago and it cracked and the crack started out just like a little inch and eventually made it all the way to the middle of the window. But I can't just get the, that piece of the window fixed. You can't right. like route it out and put a new piece in. I had to get a whole new windshield. That's it. You got to do the whole new thing. Yeah. So or like a water balloon or something, right? Like it's like, yeah, that thing's <laughs> popped. It's popped. There's no halfway <laughs> kind of a thing going on that, there. That's right. But uh, what's interesting too, is he brings up murder. He brings up, uh, adultery. Both of those things are, th are things Jesus brought up in the Sermon on the Mount too. Yeah. So there's like a connection uh, to that that's happening here. But he also keep, brings up in the same chunk, loving your neighbor as yourself. I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of important. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, love your neighbor. Yeah. Don't murder your neighbor. Love him as yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself. And a part of loving your neighbor as yourself means you theoretically should be loving yourself too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we lean a little bit too heavy on the loving ourself, uh, so we can love our neighbor. Like, well, you know, I can't really love my neighbor until I have everything I want. Right. And that's not really what that means. Right. Um, but we do need to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and that can be hard to do. Yeah. Right. It can be hard to love those folks who are closest to us. In fact, 
sometimes the hardest people to love are the ones who are closest to us in proximity. Yeah, yeah. And verse 12, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Uh, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm. I would just really like that verse 12, be judged by the law that gives freedom, not the law that gives um, That's a bummer. confinement or yeah, yeah. restriction. I think we talked about this last week in the podcast where uh, laws – uh, that Christ gives Christ's laws are mm -hmm. laws that give freedom. Whereas yep. we kind of sometimes feel like laws restrict freedom. Uh, but that's not the way that Christ is working here. And apparently it's important enough that James puts it in twice in here. He wants to remind people yeah. that yeah. the law is freeing. Um, and sometimes that's true. Like if you maybe show up to a brand new place or situation and you don't know what to do and, and you, f you figure out what the rules are, it's a freeing thing to know what the rules are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so, especially like if you're playing a game, to, like to be honest, like with football, for instance, I couldn't enjoy watching football as a kid because I didn't know what the rules were. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't even fun. It was like, this is like awkward. Like, why are they throwing the ball now? Why did the other team get the ball? What is even happening here? And then as soon, I think it was probably third grade when I learned what the rules to football were. And I learned the whole idea of, you know, there's four downs and 10 yards and that right, whole thing. Yeah. Once I got that figured out, it was fun to watch. I was super into it. Right. Of course. Yeah. And I think the law can be a little bit like that for us. Once we learn like, hey, here's how the life is supposed to go. Uh, here's the confines that, that God's calling us into. It is it gives us a whole freedom of how we can operate, what we can do in life. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. That's a wrap. That's a wrap on that one. Favoritism forbidden. Thanks, yeah. James. Don't show favoritism out there. You seen those people with them fine gold jewelry uh, coming into your church? Uh, don't give them the special seats. Just let them let them pick. Just yeah. If they want to sit in the back. Let them sit in the back. If they want to sit in the front. And then let them sit in the front. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the flip side. Yeah, bye. Bye.